You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Monday, November the 29th. Today, we are joined by Ryan Finkelstein of Locked on Mets to break down a little bit more of the Steven Matz deal, which should be finalized today, as well as talk about the Mets moves, general Major League Baseball signings, that it was a busy, busy, busy weekend. Talk about all that and a little bit more on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. Happy Monday, everybody. It's been a hectic last 48 hours, 72 hours, if you're a Mets fan in the baseball world as the CBA deadline approaches, teams are being... Really aggressive in signing some moves, and we've got Ryan Finkelstein on the show today of Locked on Mets to help us break down the one Cardinal move, and I'll also get an update on the Mets. So, Ryan, I think this is our first crossover together, so happy to finally do a crossover, and how you doing on this fine, uh, well, we're recording Sunday, but how are you doing today? I'm enjoying this because it's giving me a second to stop just refreshing Twitter and finding out about the Max Scherzer deal. So this is, this is good for my mental health to take a minute and just talk some baseball instead of look at Twitter. I'm not going to lie. I still have Twitter, the, the tab open. So That's good. You let me know. Let me yeah, know. <laughs> we'll definitely have a bunch of stuff to talk about. But we connected on, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, trying to get something set up. and Because the Cardinals signed former Mets starter Steven Matz, Rookie of the Year finalist, uh, longtime Met, had a really solid season in Toronto. Uh, you, you mentioned on off-air you had the Matz shirt on, if you want to show the YouTube viewers the Matz shirt. That's right. I love it. So what was your Our initial reaction? break it out. <laughs> what was your initial reaction when you saw Matt's land at the Cardinals and your reaction to the length four years, 44 million, 44 million could have got up to 48. What's your reaction and assessment of that deal? Well, I thought this is the perfect landing spot for Steven Matz. I mean, the Cardinals have a great defense. Steven Matz could certainly benefit from that. I think it's a great fit for him. Just his personality. I could just picture it as weird as it is to say that something about certain guys with certain teams. It just kind of makes sense. Steven Matz is not going to be the ace of your staff, but what he is is a major league starting pitcher, and there's value in that. And, and the contract he got is nothing crazy. Uh, the incentives at most is getting, what, $48 million. Mm-hmm. I think if you're talking about a starter that I think at, at his best can be your number three, maybe more of a back-end guy, but still I think what he's done over his last couple of years is he's actually gotten healthy. He's been dependable. And if you just throw out 2020, he's had some really nice numbers his last three years. Absolutely. 2020 was definitely the year that I was looking at uh, that I was like, whoa, <laughs> that, 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 that was a bad year. Um, and again, COVID year, things might have gone wrong. I don't know. Injuries, like you mentioned. But the, the one thing that stood out to me was the length. 31 years, four years, um, 31 years of age, four years of the contract length. A little long, if I'm being honest. I would have been happier with a two- or three-year deal. But maybe it was that fourth year that really – push Steven Matz over the edge to say, okay, I want to be a St. Louis Cardinal because we'll get to it in a moment. But there was a certain Mets front office member that was unhappy with the way the Steven Matz deal landed. But I think that you hit the nail on the head. It's something that I talked about last week that this Steven Matz is a, is a match made in heaven. He's a ground ball pitcher. He, he's, you know, somewhat quiet spoken, but g- goes out there and does his job. He's a Cardinal, you know, he, he's a prototypical Cardinal. He's not going to go out there and line up the radar gun. He's not going to go out there and strike the, out the world. But the ground ball percentage is, is above league average, well above league average. And you've got gold all around that infield. And you might have another plus defender coming in at shortstop if Trevor Story signs with St. Louis. Who knows? But you've got gold all over. And I, I, I talked about on the, the episode of Breaking This Down that I, I think Matt could excel 
in yeah. St. Louis with the defense behind them. Not to say the Mets or Toronto had a bad defense, but I think that the, the elevation of the Cardinals defense really, really bodes well for, for, for him. And I mentioned the, the, the Steve Cohen tweets comment on the, the agents. I'm sure you talked about it a lot with your locked on Mets listeners. Maybe you have certain thoughts about Steve Cohen. What, were, what was your reaction to him tweeting out you know, that he was disappointed and things of that nature? And it's a, I'll, I'll let you go first, but but what were yeah, your thoughts well, on that situation? Before I get into that, I do want to uh, say something for you. The Mets had a terrible defense for Steven Matz. <laughs> so, you know, he, he did not have the benefit of what the Mets were this past year where they finally did become a good defensive team as they actually had an analytics department, which they didn't have when Steven Matz was a Met. But okay. when it comes to Steve Cohen, I hated that tweet. There's, you know... Right now, you cannot be upset with Steve Cohen when you're coming from the Wilpon era. And the fact that the Mets are even in on Max Scherzer and all these names that had all these great signings over the weekend, that is the great blessing of Steve Cohen and all of that you know, financial backing he's giving the Mets. But at times, he puts his foot in his mouth. And on that specific occasion, you don't need to be calling out Steve and Matt's agent. I understand that he thought that there was some type of a deal that was going to get done. Apparently, there was a Zoom call between Stephen Matz and Steve Cohen. They they really expressed an interest to return to New York. Stephen Matz has been very uh, involved in the community, obviously grew up in New York. So I, I think that Steve Cohen expected Stephen Matz to sign. I, I even got to the point where I was expecting it, but you have to understand that he has to do what's best for him in his career, and his agent mm-hmm. has to do what's best for his client in his career. And I really don't think that if you pull any bias outside of, you know, your, your Mets perspective, you can't tell me that St. Louis is not a better fit for Steven Matz. I think that coming back would have been attracted to him personally, but I don't know if it's the best thing for his career. For his career, signing with the Cardinals is definitely the best move. He got a good contract. He has the peace of mind on a four-year deal. I think you're going to get a better Steven Matz because of that as well. I do want to mention that mm-hmm. Steven Matz had to pitch this last season under the pressure of a contract year after he got traded, but essentially got cut. I mean, the Mets did yeah. a pretty good job getting prospects for him, but that was them waving goodbye to Steven Matz, which was, by the way, a year earlier. So the fact that the Mets would be upset about Steven Matz not choosing to come back when they discarded him is another wrinkle to it that just made it a really bad look. But again, I think for Steven Matz on a four-year deal, he's going to be comfortable. And I think he can really, uh, you know, just perform as a professional. I think he's going to give you the best version of himself the next couple of years. Well, I mean, that that feels good as a Cardinal follower, and I'm sure it feels good to the Cardinal fans out there. And I think one thing, too, that really, you know, like, like you mentioned, excuse me, he's going to have that, that peace of mind. And I don't think the expectations for him are going to be through the roof. The expectations are going to go are going to be to go out there every fifth day, give you five to six innings, keep the ERA under four, you know, preferably maybe under three point eight, you know, just pitch solid innings, don't walk a lot of batters. I think we see a lot of times guys sign these huge contracts or guys come over on on a big trade and the expectations are through the roof and they start pressing. I think we saw that the first year Paul Goldschmidt played with the Cardinals. I think we saw that a little bit at times, most recently with Nolan Arenado in two thousand and twenty one. So not to say that, you know, Steven Match is just a throwaway signing. I think he's going to be a solid piece to this rotation. And there's rotation that needs some help and needed a left-handed presence. But the expectations aren't going to be through the roof. 
obviously he's a competitor. He's going to go out there and compete. Don't get me wrong. But I think that him being able to kind of go out there and do his thing with the trust behind him is going to be huge. We, we saw that with Wade LeBlanc. Of all people, Wade LeBlanc found success with the St. Louis Cardinals, largely because he threw strikes and got the ball on the ground. It was for a short time because Wade LeBlanc is not as talented as Steven Matz. But nevertheless, we, we, we've seen the track record there with Steven Matz. Before we transition into the, to, to the Mets topic, I want to ask what your favorite memory of Steven Matz is as, an, as a New York Met. He peaked really early. His debut mm -hmm. was the most electric debut I've ever seen. Uh, not only did he pitch great, but he had all of those RBIs. It was a four RBI game, a couple of hits. His grandfather was cheering him on, went viral with, with the way he was reacting. It was just, it was a really special day. And it was at a time for the Mets where they had all of these budding superstars in their rotation, which obviously did not pan out how any of us expected. <laughs> but Steven Matz was this last cherry on top where Noah Syndergaard had already debuted. You already had Harvey and DeGrom. Uh, Wheeler was on the men with the Tommy John surgery at the time. But Steven Matz was, oh my God, they have another one. Right. And it didn't quite pan out beyond that for the Mets as far as getting – at the time, we thought he'd be an ace. <laughs> and right. I think for Steven, that set expectations probably too high. But he was really good in 2015, really good in 2016, had to really deal with a lot of injuries and then became a, a solid you know, back-end starter the last couple of years. So the, the highlights came early, but the consistency came later. I think we're going to see more consistency with the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I agree with you. This might not have been the Marcus Stroman or the Max Scherzer signing a lot of Cardinal fans want, and I recognize that. But you got to get the first domino to fall. And I truly believe with the deadline approaching at the CBA that dominoes are going to fall rapidly. We've seen it. Even as we since started recording, JP Mar or John Morosi, excuse me, reporting that the Mets have offered Max Scherzer a multi-year offer at $40 million per season. Still being discussed, but over $120 million over three years is a report. And John Gray just went off the board, according to multiple reports, to the Texas Rangers. The Rangers signing former second, Toronto Blue Jays second baseman Marcus Simeon earlier today as well. Busy, busy Sunday here uh, in the baseball world. We'll take our first break in the action between Ryan Ficklestein and myself, because I want to help you solve a problem. Most of us have one device that lets us catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite show. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. I want to tell you that there is a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to get your TV together, and it's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. So the best part about it, there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. The Mets had a busy bitty Friday. They went Black Friday shopping, and they were productive. Three solid bats. What were your thoughts on the three Mets signings? So I, at first, you had Mark Canna and Eduardo Escobar were the first two signings. And I liked it because, kind of like you just mentioned, as far as a Stephen Matt signing or even John Gray for another team, it was just good to get quality starting-level players slot into your lineup. One less thing to worry about as you continue to shop for the big fishes. And then they got one with Starling Marte. The three additions, I believe, will all be stars from the Mets. 
for Mark Canna and Starling Marte uh, in the Mets outfield with Brandon Nemo. This is the first time the Mets have had three quality two-way outfielders, and I don't know how long. So I love those two signings in particular. Starling Marte was the guy I identified at the beginning of the offseason. I said, I want Starling Marte as the number one free agent I'm looking at because while the, the Carlos Correa's and all the big name shortstops are out there, they have Lindor. The Mets right. are not, you know, they don't need to address that position. They did not have any outfielder on their roster outside of Brendan Nemo. So you add two in Canna and Marte. I think Canna alone would have been at least a decent replacement for Michael Conforto. But then by signing Marte, Marte becomes maybe an upgrade over Conforto and Canna replaces your Dominic Smith, Jeff McNeil, whoever the Mets would have thrown out in left field. So mm -hmm. I love those signings. Eduardo Escobar uh, is a decent signing. I wasn't necessarily thrilled with it when it was the first move the Mets made, but right. as the third move of the three, I mean, he's had three good seasons uh, where his war has been over three. So he's, he's a quality starting third baseman. Um, and I think he's a nice piece, but again, it, the Marte deal was the one that really got me fired up. Former uh, Pirate, <coughs> excuse me, Starling Marte. I know former Locked On host Arm Layton was very upset to see Starling Marte not return to Miami. Uh, I, I think that the, the Mets are a team that have said they want to spend, they want to be better in 2021. So I'm going to ask you point blank before we kind of circle back to some pitching and some other Cardinal Mets relations. On this current track, will the Mets be better in 2022? I think they will. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> tough because when, when you win an offseason, you're always, all right, the, the match last year, the, the match traded for Francisco Lindor. They signed James McCann at the time. We think that's a great addition for the new starting catcher. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, part of the Lindor trade, a, a perfect number two to DeGrom. And then Lindor has maybe the worst season of his career. James McCann looked like the James McCann with the Tigers. And then Carrasco didn't pitch until the second half on a bad hamstring and looked terrible. So it's hard to say off of the offseason, but uh, they look like they've gotten a lot better. And Steve Cohen is clearly just pushing all his chips on the table and trying to win through free agency. That doesn't always work. But I'll tell you one thing. The hype train for the New York Mets going into this season is going to be on another level. They're going to be projected to win the division. They're going to be projected as one of the World Series favorites. And we'll just have to see if they can actually sustain that level of hype throughout a full season, which I still have my doubts, but we'll see what happens. I think hype is one of the hardest things to keep going in baseball. It's a grueling marathon, 162, and who knows you know, what ups and downs, what injuries happen. Is Jacob DeGrom going to ever pitch a full season? Who knows? Nobody really knows the answer to that. We've got other Cardinal and Mets relations because a former Met, Marcus Stroman, who's very vocal, very outspoken. He stands up for what he believes in and it believes in himself first and foremost and has a lot of confidence. He's been very outspoken. I don't think he's mentioned the Mets by name, but kind of saying they want Gosman more than Mets. There was one other name, I believe, that Stroman. Uh, uh, Robbie out. Ray, he, he mentioned. Robbie, okay. And Scherzer, obviously, that yeah. they clearly want more. <laughs> yeah, and Gosman's gone. He, he went off the board a little bit before we started recording to the Blue Jays, according to reports. Marcus Stroman's an interesting character. I think there are a lot of suitors out there for Marcus Stroman. He had a very effective 2021. The wins weren't there, but wins are a dying breed in, in today's baseball game. What, what are your thoughts on the Marcus Stroman situation as it stands right now? Because I'm saying to myself, if the Cardinal or if the Mets go all in on Scherzer, and if they're reported to be all in on Gosman, there were reports that they offered Gosman more than he signed with Toronto. I think you might have tweeted this out as well, so I don't want to take credit from, but I think you might have tweeted something to this effect that it's going to be awfully hard for the Mets to come back to Stroman saying, hey, we lost out on three guys. Can we sign you now? 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't see that <laughs> happening. I mean, look, you never know. I, right. th- there's still a world where the Mets have the best offer on the table. Marcus Stroman, from the way he has been tweeting, um, it, it it feels like he was hurt by by the way the Mets have approached this free agency. Now he would not want me talking for him with that. I'm sure he wouldn't appreciate me uh, basing that opinion off of his tweets, but he certainly has indicated that the Mets have other pitchers they've been more interested in. And he's also expressed an interest to return to the Mets that didn't seem to be reciprocated. So I think he's going to go elsewhere. The one thing I'll say about Marcus Stroman is I think that this is playing out great for him. Scherzer's going to come off the board soon. Then you basically only have Robbie Ray and, and Marcus Stroman atop the market. He could wait until after the CBA expires and the new deal comes up and then be sitting as the only real impact starting pitcher on the market. He set his price tag pretty high from what we heard at the end of the season. And the reporting has kind of stayed the same on this. He wants $25 million a year and he wanted six years. Now, Gossman coming off a better year, just got five for one ten. So I don't know if he's going to get $150 million, but if they have basically made that their price point, there could be a team that eventually just meets them at that. And you know what? After the Mets struck out on everybody, maybe that's the way he comes back. Maybe because they might be the one team that's willing to meet that price. But when it comes to the Cardinals, Marcus Stroman, perfect fit. I mean, talk about a ground ball pitcher. I mean, Marcus Stroman, maybe one of the best ground ball pitchers in baseball. So that makes a lot of sense. And if they can end up with Stroman and Matt, that's going to be a really revamped rotation for the Cardinals. Yeah, if they do sign Stroman, there are going to be some some trades made because as of now, they have five starters. They're, they're going to yeah. have Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright, Stephen Matz will likely slot in at three, Miles Michaelis, and Dakota Hudson. Probably uh, Michaelis becomes your five, but you're not moving any of those five to the bullpen. Wainwright and Flaherty aren't moving, and Michaelis and Hudson are definitely starters. So if Stroman is signed, which is not out of the realm of possibility, there definitely is a route to Stroman signing and then trades being moved. Maybe instead of signing the left-handed impact bat off the bench, the Cardinals do need. Maybe you, you trade for him by giving up a Michaelis or giving up Dakota Hudson. Who knows? There are a lot of different routes to go. But you mentioned waiting until the CBA deadline expires. Obviously, that's why we're seeing all this movement. If, if I'm a player, I don't know when the CBA will be agreed upon again. There have been some reports saying the season's going to be delayed. Others are saying it'll be a few weeks. We're seeing reports all over the place. I'm, if I'm a player, I'm not waiting. I'm doing exactly what all these other guys are doing. I'm getting my money now. You might get more now than you would after, especially if it's agreed upon, let's say, in mid-February and spring training is pushed back and you push back opening day. Teams are going to be like, well, we don't really need June anymore. You know, you might, you might, you might get more if you do it before the CBA expires the first time. Agree, disagree. I definitely agree. I also think that we, we forget the personal side of these things. And no. – with, with the NBA and their last lockout, if I remember correctly, the lockout ended and that was a shortened NBA season. They jumped right into training camp. I mean, it was it was like a week. So mm-hmm. if you are a free agent right now, you want to get a deal done because you want to know where you're going to be in spring training. You want to know where you're going to be living. You want to be able to get your kids enrolled in school, buy a house, all that good stuff. So that is, I think, one of the big motivations right now for some of these guys. They just want that peace of mind and know, okay, I'm an angel, I'm a Met, I'm a Cardinal, I'm whatever. I can now plan my life as we all just sit and wait on pins and needles to see when this deal gets done. Uh, I hope it it does not push the season back. We we just watched a shortened season. I would hate to see another one. 
I doubt that we would see a 60 game shortened season, but even right. if it was a 120 game season, uh, you know, we love baseball. We want to see 162 games played. We want the season to, to be on a normal schedule. So hopefully these two sides can get a, a deal done. But I, I think considering the frantic approach everyone has right now, that, that also tells me how uncertain this is. If this was just going to be two weeks, I don't know if we'd be seeing this much action. I, I think this no, shows I agree, I agree. both sides are, are really uncertain how this is going to all play out. One more break in the action between Ryan Fickelstein and myself, and it's to tell you about Cyber Monday. Built.com is your place to win. Get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That is 20% off site-wide. And even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. And a brand new Built Bar flavor has landed just in time for Cyber Monday. Caramel Almond Delight. It delivers everything it promises. Caramelized chocolate, almond chunks, delightful double Check. Be sure to get yours before they're gone. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein. So many things to like about it. And this season, while you're craving white chocolate for a limited time, get a special new Built Bar Puffs flavor. White chocolate cheesecake, the yummy protein treat filled with marshmallowy center covered in white chocolate. 140 calories, but still 17 grams of protein. Go to Built.com right now for these incredible tasting new bars and 20% off of everything. Head over to Built.com, enter the promo code LOCKED20 before it's too late. You don't want to miss out on these incredible deals. I agree, and I think that there was there was a big feeling of this coming in 2020, when all the other leagues were debating on how to come back safely, how to come back in, in a bubble for the NHL and NBA, what protocols we're going to have in place, and you have MLB over here, which is probably the sport best inclined to play during a pandemic being outdoors, debating over how much money players are going to make versus how much the owners are going to lose, et cetera, et cetera. When the debate became about solely money, and again, money's important. They play, play this game at a high level. They deserve to make money. But that, to me, was a big sign that a work stoppage is coming. If, if they can't agree to try and get baseball played in a pandemic, what's the rush to do it now? You know what I'm saying? Obviously, to make money at a certain at a certain point, you're going to have a season, right? But I, it'll be interesting to see whether or not the pressure of not having another shortened season will overcome it and make it a shorter lockout or saying, hey, no, we're going to get this right and we're going to make sure we take our time with it because we're good. But I think a, a lockout right now, or, or I, I guess I should say a, a delayed season right now, is just about the last thing baseball needs. It, it's been trending down for years and years. Baseball needs to have a full season. They've got incredible marketability right now. You've got Harper, you've got the young stars of Acuna, Soto, Tatis, Wander Franco out there in Tampa that you can market. This could be a beautiful time for baseball. They need to get a deal done. And I know it's not as simple as that. You've got a lot of things that need to work out, but I think a deal does need to be done sooner rather than later. I don't think that that's a hot take, but it's a take that I've got. Uh, so we've talked about Max Scherzer a little bit. Max Scherzer from the St. Louis area, went to Mizzou, Missouri native. The Cardinals have always somewhat been linked to Max Scherzer. since he's been a free agent in the trade market. But it was reported today, I believe John Heyman had it first, or on Sunday, the Mets are hard in on Max Scherzer. I talked about John Morosi's tweet earlier. The Mets landing Max Scherzer would, you know, assuming DeGrom's healthy at some point during the season, that's a pretty lethal one-two combination. And pretty much any series you play against the Mets, you're going to face one, if not both, of those starters. Obviously, Scherzer to the Mets must seem extremely attractive to you. I never thought I would see the day. I don't know. When I saw the tweet, I was like, you're lying. That can't be true. Yeah, no. And and the reason why I think this is still lingering is I think the Mets have 
the best offer on the table. And I honestly think Scott Boris is on the phone trying to convince Max Scherzer to play for the Mets. I don't think that Scherzer ever wanted to play for the Mets. Um, you know, he, he had a lot of years pitching against the Mets. Right. And the Mets were a laughing stock for a lot of those years. When they weren't good, there was always turmoil. So do you really want to sign up for that? Uh, I think that the team the Mets are building could be attractive to Scherzer. I think he might be getting a little on, more on board with it when you make the Marte signing. When you have Mark Canna, you know you have this great outfield behind you. You have Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso. It's not that hard to talk somebody into saying, okay, the Mets are going to be good next year. Oh, yeah, we're going to pay you $45 million a year. I mean, like, it, it, it could be very attractive, uh, but I still think that he can look at the Dodgers and say that the Dodgers are still his his best bet to get another World Series ring, to continue to get to pitch in October. And if the offers get close enough, I just, until I see reporting that has him going anywhere but the Dodgers, mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't know if I can believe it yet until I actually see something concrete come out. I agree. I think that, you know, maybe in, in a nice little, you know, not, not so I'm trying to think of the word, but in, in a more, more ideal world, one might think that Treasure might take a hometown discount to go to St. Louis because he would be beloved in St. Louis. I think he would have success in St. Louis. But Max Scherzer deserves to get paid. And as you mentioned, he's, he's, he's a Scott Boris client. So he's going to get paid. And with the Cardinals signing Steven match, which is a great fit, as we talked about at the top, I don't see the Cardinals shelling out for a Max Scherzer anymore. You know, yeah. there was a part of me that wanted them to be more aggressive with him at the trade deadline. Instead, they wound up with John Lester and J.A. Happ. You know, it is what it is. But I think that Max Scherzer is going to go to the Mets, or I think he stays West. I don't know if it is the Dodgers. Could be another team out West. Maybe maybe the Padres come out of nowhere and get him as, you know, maybe the Padres do what the Dodgers did to them. And, you know, he's going to the Dodgers. Nope, he's going to the Padres. <laughs> you know, the trade <laughs> deadline. I just think Scherzer going anywhere but the Mets or the West Coast right now just doesn't seem likely. As you mentioned, that the Mets have a great selling point, especially over the last 72-plus hours of the signings they've made. It's going to be weird to me to see him in, in orange and blue. You know, Obviously, he was with the Tigers for a long time, but that, that Mets blue and orange is just weird to, to, for me to picture him in. But I think that Max Scherzer going to the, to the Mets is something that, as you mentioned, I would have never have guessed. But if he's going to get paid, because the Mets seem to be desperate now for pitching, that Kevin Gossman's gone, Marcus Stroman doesn't seem to be too happy about them. Robbie Ray, you'd have to forfeit a pick a year after you didn't sign your top pick. Max Scherzer might be the Mets' only option at this point in terms of what, what are you going to value, you know? And, and Max Scherzer might be the, the, the guy that the Mets are going to overpay for. I don't know if you can't overpay for a guy like Max Scherzer, but the Mets might try and do it. Absolutely. I mean, it seems like they're they're put on the full court press. They're offering as much as they can. And at a certain point, I do wonder, though, uh, if your offer is that much more and, and the guy's still hesitant to take it, at what point do you have uh, the respect for yourself as, a, as an organization to, 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 to move on? And right now it seems like they, they still believe they have a legitimate chance at it. So they're going to keep pushing for it. And by all means, if you get Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom in the same rotation and you end up in a postseason with those two leading off any series, I mean, talk about your chances to win a World Series. That is right. that is what you're shooting for right now. So uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about the possibility, but again, I can't actually talk myself into it until I see it happening. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it could be a while next 48 to 72 hours, as if the last 48 to 72 hours have not been crazy and wild. It's it's Monday when this is being dropped. A lot of stuff could happen between Sunday, 9 o'clock Central, and the time you listen to this or watch this. But Ryan, I want a bold prediction for the next – before the CBA ends – on I believe it's Wednesday or Wednesday night, 
I want a bold prediction for who goes where. And just for the listeners, I did not prompt him on this. So he's, he's yeah, yeah. On the um, extremely impressive for what he comes up with. I think, I guess the boldest prediction, I, I guess there's been some reporting. So I don't know how bold it is that there's been some reporting, but I, I could really see the, the Rangers pairing Marcus Simeon with Trevor Story. Mm-hmm. I see like that as a, as a legitimate possibility right now. Um, other than that, I, I guess, I don't know if this is a bold prediction, but I don't think that you're going to see. Okay, you know, I, I got one that actually might be bold. It took me a second to think of one. All right, here we go. Max Scherzer will be the only Scott Boris major client that will sign before the CBA expires. So I think Seager, Correa, Bryant, I think he's going to push all those back. Scott Boris has really pushed his guys back over recent years. When did Bryce Harper didn't sign until, what, like February? After spring training started. Yeah, yeah so uh, there, I, I could see Boris holding all those other guys back. But Max Scherzer, the way the starting pitching market is moving, obviously they're going to get something done now. I like it. And I, I think that... If Scherzer's not signed by Tuesday, and that's before the deadline, but I'd be shocked. With all the reporting yeah. that we've seen, not even to the Mets, just anywhere, I'd be shocked if he's not signed by Tuesday. Very non-Scott Boris client-like, as you mentioned, but um, I'd be shocked if Scherzer was not signed. I'll go bold prediction as well. And again, I, I thought of this question last minute. I was going to wrap it up, and then I was like, no, we're going to have some fun. So this is also my first time thinking about it. But I'm going to go close to home. I'm going to go St. Louis. My bold prediction, I think the Cardinals get Trevor Story. I, I just feel like Simeon signing is going to be a domino fall. I think that Story is going to sign before the CBA expires. I, I would go bold prediction Strowman, but I think Strowman signing isn't as bold because I think, as you mentioned, with the way their starting rotation or starting pitching market is going, wouldn't be a shock to me if Strowman gets signed. But my bold prediction, Trevor Story to the St. Louis Cardinals, because the, the match move alone, while it's a fine move and I was happy with it, if it's the only move the Cardinals make this offseason, that's a loss. Steven Matz is not the kind of guy to have – all your chips on the table on him and not sign anybody else. No disrespect to him, but I think if you would have signed Marcus Stroman and that's your only move, you could find a way to twist my arm to say, okay, that's a win of an offseason. Again, all due respect to Steven Matz. I think he's going to do great, but Steven Matz is not the kind of guy to put all your chips on the table for. So my bold prediction, the Cardinals are going to be aggressive before this deadline ends. It's going to come out of nowhere. I'll probably be in class when it happens and have to wait, but my bold prediction is Trevor Story to the Cardinals. I think that he... reunites with Nolan Arenado and has a great 2022. Uh, So Ryan, that'll do it. You can go back to refreshing Twitter. I'm going to do the same, see what news we can get to break in the next couple hours. Before I go, why don't you give your, um, your accounts and where people can find your work from a locked on Cardinals listeners. All right. You can find locked on Mets, wherever you get locked on Cardinals. We're on YouTube as well. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan and follow the show at locked on Mets. Love it. Thanks Ryan. I appreciate your time and, who knows? Maybe you'll have a next version of Breaking episode out. But until we talk to you next time, Locked On listeners, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.